30 days of positivity through the spiritual travels of a firewolf. This is Christy Bellage, and today I am excited to be joined by a guest. Uh, I, based on positivity, you know, my friend Jamisha, great comedian, just wonderful person. I met her at a place called Shakespeare's in downtown Austin off of 6th Street and I was like wow this is an incredible comedian she is so funny she is so talented and anytime I see her at shows or open mics anytime I see her perform I'm just like yes like this is somebody who I just you know you stop to watch comics and this is somebody who just always makes me laugh always has something insightful or makes you think and I really really um you know comedy can be a tough grind and this is somebody like when I see her I'm like oh my gosh like thank god this person is just saying the thing because it's really hard to find comics who really say the thing uh especially now when people when comics are kind of like going on stage to basically clip their stuff out and put on instagram and tiktok and you know so i'm so excited to have the wonderful the talented jamisha on the podcast today you're here with me um so let let us begin um Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Travels of the Firewolf, 30 Days of Positivity. And I'm here with the wonderful, the amazing, the fantastically talented. I mean, like, when I say talented, I mean, like, holy fucking glitter balls. Like, fucking talented. Jamisha! Wow, that's, uh, that's really amazing of you. Thank you so much for saying that. That is uh, oh. that's very kind. I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today. You have no idea. I I miss you already. I miss, but it's it's. We had a conversation the other day, and I was just like, oh, uh, we, we have to just talk about life on a podcast because I feel like everybody <laughs> needs to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great to uh it was great to catch up with you before you left. I'm glad that uh I'm glad that we got to chat. I'm so glad I got to sit and talk with you. I'm I am in awe of you because you're you're a comedian. Um and I know you've started relatively like you what can I just confirm like you're in in 6 months now? Yeah, I started like in the middle of January. So yeah, going on like seven months. And we met at Shakespeare's and you rock that stage so hard. And I was just, and then every time I see you, you're either trying out something that other people don't have the balls to do and, (laughs) and you're just fucking rocking it. I just, I'm in awe and thank you. Like, it's just, thank you for what you do because there are certain comics that just, when you see them, you're like, oh, I cannot wait until they get on stage. And you're one of those people when I see you, I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking excited to see what, what you're going to try. And um, I I just wanted to ask, like, what – I know where, you're from Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, when you – when did you officially decide to move to Austin, Texas? I officially decided to move to Austin, Texas the second week of December – um, this past December in 2021, and then I moved the first week of January. And what and what part of Maryland did you move from? Um, I moved from a small town called Crofton. It's in between Baltimore and D.C. Oh, I've been to Crofton. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's been to Crofton. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Crofton's a... Yeah, it's uh, right next to PG County. It's a very uh, small, but it's busy. It's busy. It's sort of near a place called Upper Marlboro, which I can never say. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like the uh, 
like the bougie DC. Like that's just it's still Maryland, but it's also like DC. There's a bunch of black Maryland? people that they're just all rich. Do you do you miss Maryland? Like, what made you be like, Not "Fuck all. this shit"? Yeah, I. <laughs> Not all. I that's absolutely a, get it. That's a lie, actually. So, um, so I was working for Wegmans. Uh, I worked for them for nine years, and I left last June in 2021. But during the pandemic. Uh, I think it was like in October or November of 2020. Um, I started watching like more stand-up comedy special uh, on Netflix, and that was kind of helping me like get through the pandemic. And through watching that, I would uh, I would just write funny things and funny ideas in my notebook. And uh, in June of 2000, or excuse me, in May of 2021. I like woke up one morning and I was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian. And then I wrote my resignation letter and I sent it to my manager. And then I like DoorDash for six months. And then in December, I was like, okay, I really haven't done anything as far as trying to, you know, tackle my goal of starting stand-up comedy. Um, And I had went to Rochester, New York to go see Sebastian Maniscalco and Russell Peters. And uh, I was like, I'm not leaving Rochester until I figure out what I'm going to do with stand-up comedy. And so I stayed there for like a week and a half and I stayed in this hotel room and I, I researched and I thought about it and I landed on Texas and was trying to decide between Houston and Austin. And I, I said Austin and three weeks later I was gone. Wow, that's awesome. I have, hold on one second. I have to check. Hold on. Is everybody okay up there? Everybody all right up there? You guys okay? Okay. Yes, there's going to be some background noise today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, There was um, was dogs playing very roughly above me. And um, it's hard to explain where I'm sitting, but we might hear dogs go a little nuts. Um, but that's the YouTube podcast. So when, I mean, I couldn't imagine working. So you were like at Wegmans during like the height of the pandy in, in Maryland. Yeah, I was managing, uh, I was managing, the dairy department in their Germantown, or excuse me, their Owings Mills location. Um, When the pandemic, no, so this was weird. I had just gotten offered a position as a recruiter the January before the pandemic started. And then I couldn't leave my position as a dairy manager because the pandemic had started, because there was, like, no product lines out the fucking door with people. Like, I couldn't leave into my new position. So, uh, yeah, I was fucking, yeah, those, those were, I don't know how I didn't leave the company at that time. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. That was, it was so awful to work during those times. Were people just like panicking? Yeah, that's what it is. Like everybody, just the unknown was so, it made everybody so fearful. And um, the only thing they could be sure of was that there was going to be food at the grocery store and there there wasn't. <laughs> um, and that was very unsettling for people. Uh and then the prices of things and um, the limits to what you could buy and how much of it you could buy started coming along, and that was even worse. And, yeah, no, people were were scared, and I, I think they had every right to be. But, um, yeah, that was, yeah, such a traumatizing time to, to be a quote-unquote quote essential worker. 
Wow. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm glad that, like, you know, stand-up has a weird way of finding its way into our lives during kind of the most stressful periods. But, like, I think that's probably why you're so polished, like, as a comic. Like, it takes, for some people, it, like, just takes years. I mean, for me, it's taken years and years. But, like, seeing you on stage, like, how you just know your voice and, like, and and, and where where you write from, like, I can, trauma is the best (laughs) for comedy. So fucking good, man. So fucking amazing. (laughs) It's great. No, like, the, and I get that comment a lot, which makes me, it almost gives me, like, this sort of imposter syndrome because I have not been doing it for very long, and I do feel like I have something. I'm not uh, by any means one of the greatest, but I think for a beginner, I do have some good legs to stand on. And, um, like, my my comedy is just about me and the things that, you know, I think of and the things that I think are funny. I don't try to follow recent events and I don't try to follow, like, topics that other people are talking about. Um, I find that I speak the most confidently when I'm talking about things that I made up and that I came up with and that I feel. Uh, And it also helps because nobody can duplicate that. Like, I will never really have to knock on wood, worry about somebody, like, stealing my jokes because my stories are so, they're just very unique to me. Like, the shit that you could never even think of happening um, like other people can't do that the way I can on stage. And I'm still working on finding my voice. And some days I get on stage and I'm really energetic. And some days I get on stage I'm, and I'm in a, you know, funky mood. And some days I get on stage and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit of both. Um, I don't have like a consistent demeanor while I'm on stage. And I think that's okay too, because I'm not, you know, I'm a human being. I'm allowed to have different moods and different ways of delivering things. But uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't have like a consistent, I guess, way I present myself on stage. I'm just really grateful that I. I mean, we have like a whole crew. Well, I mean, in Austin, there was like a whole crew, and there was a husky. Okay, here's the backstory. I'm sitting on a deck but there's a deck above me okay. and there is, there are two dogs on the deck above me and they will interject with their opinions throughout this. Like there's a Husky and Huskies are very opinionated. So if you hear a Husky, there's a Husky basically. Um, he okay. hears me talking and he's like, I have opinions about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. That's the yeah. story. <laughs> It's no big deal. I understand. (laughs) He's just like, what's up? Um, But it's just, it's so interesting. Like, the day I met you, we were at Shakespeare's, and there was, like, a a whole bunch of comics from Maryland there. Like, Anthony and Leo and you. And it was just like, whoa, we're all down here. It's so wild that we all kind of gravitated down to to Austin. Yeah. it's it's just how do you feel like you st- basically you started stand up in Austin like how does it feel to to start I guess your comedy career there? Um, it was super. Uh, it was super empowering. Like I don't think that I could have had. I don't think I would have had the balls to the trigger on it if I decided to still live in Maryland like I just um, you surround yourself with people for so long that can only see you how you've always been and Mm -hmm. I had a vision of myself being somebody completely different than the person I've always been Um, And so me moving to Austin triggered a lot of people 
in terms of like the fact that they could never ever pull the trigger and be like, yep, I'm going to go live my dream and do what I want to do. And I actually didn't tell one single person that it was for stand-up comedy. I didn't tell anybody. Um, Nobody knew until I posted my first little clip from an open mic at Tiniest Bar. Um, I think it was in March. Um, So I had been living in Austin for almost three months before anybody knew it was for stand-up comedy. Um, but wow. yeah, no, starting in Austin, it was interesting. So I, I had done a lot of research in Maryland and this is a bit of a funny story, but like I read about this place called the Romo room and I was like so excited about it because it seemed like a place that offered so much opportunity in terms of open mics to comedians. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to check this place out. And I actually ended up, while I was searching for apartments, like I signed my lease from the apartment I live in now while I was still in Maryland. So I kind of moved here blindly in a way. Um, But I would measure the distance for each apartment that I looked at. I would measure the distance of how far it was away from the brass tap and the Romo room. Um, So a lot of my decision on where I live right now and living in Anderson Mill was based off of how close it was to the Romo room (laughs) because I like like always wanted to be there. And I was like, yeah, I could, you know, I can do fucking, you know, two, three fucking open mics a night and hit this time and they got a 545 and I can get here by, you know, I would plan this shit out. And then I got here and... Obviously, I, I, I went to the Roma room several times and uh, found out more and learned a whole lot more about it. And then uh, two months after I moved here, it shut down. That's so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is like, you okay, know, that is... I mean, I love where I live. Like, I love living, living in Anderson Mill. And um, I know I was talking to you the other day about, like, thinking about, moving or maybe getting a bigger space and getting a roommate but like the apartment I like I love it so much and I love living by myself and I know my rent's gonna go up but I just like I don't care I I have to live by myself um but I uh I and I've been looking at like other places because I I have a job downtown now and uh it it the complex that I live in just has some of the better pricing in the area of Austin. Like it, it's just, I don't want to say it's unbeatable pricing, but it's definitely on the cheaper end um, of what it could be. So I really like the space. I really like the property manager. I, um, I have this, uh, I don't, I don't know who he is. He just moved in next to me, but he, there's some there's some freaky shit going on over there. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'll send you Wait, a clip. Of I don't know. There's a, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But um, but he'll he'll like he can probably hear me. I don't know if he's home. Oh. <laughs> but he'll just like start screaming like at the top of his lungs at somebody, and I think it's at his girlfriend. And I'm not sure if it's, like, over the phone or, like, if it's in his apartment, but he screams in a way that I have never heard anybody scream before. Like, it is almost inhumane how he screams at this other woman. And I was out, um, I was out smoking a little weed uh, (laughs) on my patio one day, and in front of my patio... Uh, is a patch of mulch. It's like a large patch of mulch. Um, and he has the same patch of mulch in front of his apartment too. And I was out there and I just started hearing that screaming again. And then he opens like the back door and he starts throwing this person's stuff like over the railing out into the mulch. Um, and he starts screaming like, oh, you want to throw shit? I can throw shit too. And I'm, and it's like 6 p.m., mind you, like, it's the fucking sun's still out, there's people walking their dogs, and he's just making this big fucking scene, and I'm like, yo, this shit's fucking, 
this man is fucking wild. I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. But um, all in all, I love where I live. <laughs> and I'm not, not to move. But, yeah, no, I chose this uh, based on the distance it was from the Roma room. Um, but my first mic that I went to was at the creek. And I just went there to watch. Uh, and I sat. I sat in the audience seats, but sort of in the back, and I sat by myself, and I just, I watched every comedian go up. I remember, uh, I remember Derek Dimple sat in front of me, and him and I were, like, laughing back and forth at some of the stupid shit that was being said, and I remember, uh, I remember watching, like, Pat Bernard go up, and I remember watching Casey Rocket go up, and Casey Rocket is literally, like, my favorite comedian down here. But the first time I saw him, I was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? And then the second time I saw him, I was like, I just want the best for this dude. <laughs> I think he is tremendously funny and super inspiring to watch. Um, but, yeah, I was at the creek, and then I think it was Liz, uh, Elizabeth, uh Elizabeth Wheat and Sarah Spear, they were there and they were like, oh, we're doing this mic at the Roma Room. It's for um, it's for women only or whatever. And, you know, they, they Elizabeth pushed me to come. And the very next day I did my first open mic at the, uh, at the Roma Room. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, Casey Rocket. I feel like Casey Rocket is our generation's Robin Williams. He is like... <laughs> incredible it's it's he is definitely going to be a household name for sure like there's no doubt in my mind (laughs) not one single doubt he's yeah just so inspiring to watch very very funny but I uh I'm super inspired by that kid um and I feel the way about a few comics I feel that way about you I feel the way that way about uh Genevieve Clinton um, I just went to see one of her shows yesterday in Georgetown at the Smoke and Barrel show. And, I mean, that was, it was such a fucking good show. And then she headlined, and I was just like, like, I'm building a relationship with her right now, but, like, also I'm so intimidated by her. Like, she's just so amazing. I can't even, like, I can't even look at her. She's so, she's just so good. <laughs> um She's so nice. But yeah, just like just people who were who get on stage and they're just themselves and they're honest and good people and those those are the people that inspire me and uh I like to try to get out to shows and watch people in their element outside of a open mic where there's four people who don't even wanna fucking be there. Um it's it's yeah, I, I can't move forward unless I'm inspired so I have to like go see people that I'm inspired by and it fuels me to keep going and keep doing better well you are right there girl I feel like I'm you know I feel like one day I'm going to see you just up in the like on all the marquees like you are so funny (laughs) and so talented and it's just like what you're doing right now you know, no, you know, you're hitting really hard subjects and you're making it so funny. Like, and it's, I just really appreciate what you do. Um, and you know, this is 30 days of positivity. And, you know, I think of like all the people that I know that, that make me like when I see people perform who make me so happy. And I just like really appreciate what you do because it's hard. Like when you get really jaded as a comic, like seeing comics go up and up and up and there's, certain people like I like I just really appreciate what you do because um it's hard for like you said like it's certain days it's just hard to be inspired and I see you and every time I see you perform I'm always like so fucking inspired so thank you like you fucking rock (laughs) thank you I appreciate that I appreciate that a lot it's very nice to hear I um yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to find my voice and I'm just trying to figure out who I am as a person because I have no fucking clue. I feel like I've been 
stripped of all of my artistic creativity for the 27 years I've been alive. And these last few months, I'm finally just, I don't know, figuring it out and accessing that vulnerability that we all come to know and love or whatever. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I see it, but it's necessary. But you're, you're fan- so I know you talked about it on stage and I don't want to like get too, if it's like too much to, you know, too deep to ask, but like it, from what I've gathered, like your family was not supportive of, of you in general or of your, you know, for comedy. So I think it's fascinating that you posted a video as kind of like your way of being like, this is what you're doing now. Cause I think that's, that's a badass move for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not that they weren't supportive. Remember that I told you that I didn't tell anybody that that's why I was moving. Um, People would ask, and I would say, oh, you know, Austin is just the home of some of my favorite things. And I would say music, and I would include comedy. But um, there was never a verbatim me saying, yes, I'm moving to Austin, Texas, to pursue being a stand-up comedian. Um, It was something that I, I kept to myself, and I, it felt, so good to just know that I'm the only person who knows and Mm -hmm. that I'm the only person who's like influencing myself to strive toward my own dream like that that was very uh I wish I would have went longer without saying anything because it was just it was so much fun to watch people wonder because I'm always that person who like never they call it like moving in silence. Like I never p- tell people what like I'm I'm doing next. They just get surprised one day and they're like, oh shit. Um, and I can't remember what you asked me now. Uh, something oh, about was it, oh was no, your family were they supportive? Oh my family. So yeah. So the thing about my family is that we're so we're such a divided family. Like it's we're so divided. My my brother lives in North Carolina with his wife and their newborn child. My dad at the time I moved was living in Guam and I don't even really talk to him, but he was living in Guam uh, with his wife, my stepmother. And I just found out like two weeks ago that they live in Seattle now. Um, My brother, I have a brother who's older than me. He lives in Fresno, California with uh, my sister-in-law. And then my mom and my little brother live in Maryland. So it wasn't a matter of, like, they didn't support, like, I I didn't say anything. But I I was also very concerned that, not very concerned, but I don't think my mom would have if I would have told her. Um, Yeah, just because that's how, I don't want to say that's how she's, she's always been but uh yeah i just don't think she she would have so but that's the kind of stuff that you don't need when you're trying to make these decisions and so uh to me it didn't matter whether or not she was going to be supportive all that mattered was that i wanted to make sure i had the chance to do something that i loved and that i wanted to pursue long term to do your heart, yeah. The only thing that matters. I'm glad that you're doing it. I mean, that's, and it also, like, from a woo-woo perspective, you're going through what's called your Saturn return right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know what the fuck that means. <laughs> it's like you're coming into, like, astrological, it's like your astrological bat mitzvah. It's like, it's like you're, it's all like a graduation um, astrologically into your purpose. Um, And then around 35, 36, it like re-ups itself astrologically. So yeah, this is your comedy is, I'm telling you, I feel like Uh, a year from now. I do feel like I'm like on the other side of a really, I've been in a really weird space for the last, I would say three months, just a really 
I would I would say like dark space, just a really dark space, and then my life was trending in the direction of that dark dark space. Um, and you you oh here here it is. You asked me if I missed Maryland, and I I miss certain people in Maryland, and I miss a couple of things that I used to do on a weekly basis with said people in Maryland. Um, but I, I really don't have like a desire to go back. I just, I, I don't. But at the same time, I, uh, I was very homesick, debilitatingly homesick for a very long time. Um, and it wasn't really anything that I like talked about, but uh, this is the first time I've ever lived in a, a state outside of Maryland. And I was just way homesicker, or I should say way more homesick than I thought I would be. Um, and then it sort of went away, but then in May it, it came back, and it was pretty pretty strong. And then, yeah, I don't know, I was in a really dark space, and I just had to make the decision. And I thought about this earlier today, like I literally had to make the decision, like, okay, I moved to Austin. I decided that I wanted to live my dream. Am I like I had to choose between do, do I like live or die? Basically, like I if I'm not going to pursue and if I'm just going to sit here and be fucking sad all the time, like then I'm not going to be living my dream. So wh- which which avenue are we going to go down? Because when I'm sad, my life trends that way. Um, and when I'm pursuing the things that I love, my life trends that way. Uh, but it's really easy to get comfortable in a negative hair space, head space. Like it's so easy. It's so easy and it's so comfortable. It's a lot harder to, it's a lot harder to take care of yourself and do the things that you love. Oh, well, yes. I know that so deeply. And especially when, especially when it's something that is so vulnerable, like stand up comedy. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And I can feel it. I know, and I know the moment, and literally we're just this past couple of weeks slash this next couple of weeks um, is, is like my transition into like a better me, I feel like. I feel like there's, I'm at the end of a very dark tunnel. Um, I've had a lot of ups since I've moved here to Austin, but I've, I've had a fuck ton of downs. Um, and I finally feel like I'm on the other side of that. And I'm finally feeling like I'm able to put my head into this full force and really do something with stand-up comedy. And I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited that I took the entire month of July off and I still have shows for August lined up. I'm really excited about that. I mean, the, the people have to see you live um, because you are onto something. And I don't know, like, you know, I know nothing about this. this I've been doing comedy for a while, but, you know, it always is changing. But you see people over the years and you just know when you meet somebody that, like, when I met you, Jamisha, like, I was like, you're just really special and like I don't really have a big platform but for those listening like you know I'm going to tag Jamisha in here please if you're in the Austin Texas area like even your post a couple weeks ago I told you like I saw your post about being like hey I'm the only woman on the lineup (laughs) and I was just like (laughs) and I just started cracking up because because you were like speaking to my heart like you're like if I'm not funny I have to be funny for everybody like and I was just like, I felt that post so hard. I was like, yeah. oh my God, you so hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's not even about like feminism, right? It's just kind of like the truth. If you're the only woman on a lineup, then it's kind of up to you to be funny for the rest of the women <laughs> that are also other women who are the only women on whatever lineup they're on. Um 
But I also like it because, you know, people get really excited when it's like an all-men lineup and, oh, my God, there's a woman. Oh, a woman does comedy. God forbid it's a fucking black woman. That's even more exciting. <laughs> like, they just go, oh, my God, it's so refreshing. They're so woke. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, that's I kind of uh, was feeling that way on that specific day. Uh, and it's funny because, I thought I had an okay set for the sh- that show that we're talking about. And then somebody came up to me afterward, and uh, all they said was, it's okay, I thought you were funny. <laughs> and oh I was like, no, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, what did I miss? Because <laughs> um, you can feel when you have a shit set. And I didn't feel like I had a shit set. I felt like I had an okay one. It definitely wasn't the best I've ever done, but it was it was okay, <laughs> which still isn't great. But I in no way, shape, or form felt like, oh no, they all hated me. You know, until people then, are gonna... <laughs> people just fucking. The, the, I've had this. This has been the the main reason for like the the dark period that I've been going through like my disgust for people right now is at an all-time high I like I'm and I know this is a positivity podcast but I am so disgusted with like everybody (laughs) I'm so fucking disgusted we treat each other so poorly and it like it just breaks my heart. And uh, every morning it's like we wake up and we just watch people just destroy themselves and destroy other people. And it's like so aggravating. I look at people and I'm just like, like I just can't even look at people anymore. And then when they look at me, I just like, I feel like I'm going to catch on fucking fire when people look at me. Like I just, I'm so disgusted with people right now. It's so bad. It's so bad because they just, they say anything just to say anything. Like they start their sentences and in the middle of the sentence and they say shit like, oh, it's okay. I thought you were funny. Like where where did you come from? Why are you speaking? (laughs) I also didn't ask for any feedback. Um, Yeah, yeah, just the shit people, like people don't think about how their words affect other people. They just, uh, I, I just, I wake up every day and I literally think to myself, like, I just want better for the world. Like, I just, I want better. People are fucking disgusting me right now. That was sort of positive. It wasn't totally negative. Well, it's it was positive negative. in the fact. There was, there was some positivity in there. The it's 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 life. I mean, I'm. I mean, my episodes aren't usually. It's it's like finding like what is. I mean, that's what comedy is like. Finding the funny in the bullshit. Finding yeah. the funny in how people are. People be peopling. That's how I call it. Like people just be out. Like some somebody said something to me the other day. I was at Indian Roller, and this bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> This bitch afterwards. I get off stage. She's with her 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 dude. And, you know, I went to, to, to leave and she said, Hey, just to let you know, I'm a writer. I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be fun. Um, she's like, I'm a writer. Um, your stuff is really, really good. She's like, but I don't know if you're meant to perform. She's like, I think you're more of a writer. Um, and then she like gave me pointers on like my writing, like, and I was, and I explained to her, this is an open mic and I'm just, I'm trying new material, so sometimes, you know, I, I don't need to perform it. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, people be out there just peopling. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's, yeah, it's so bad because it's like I always think to myself, like, would I ever do that? Like, would I ever would I ever give feedback to somebody right off, fresh off the stage? And a and deliver it like she did to you. I can't even picture myself doing that to somebody like that. That just that disgusts me. <laughs> like I can't even. 
unless it's like positive feedback, like, hey, I really like this, or um, I don't even mind when, you know, comics give me a little tag if they think something I said is funny and they thought of something else. Like, but people have done that to me too, where like I, I'm fresh off the stage and they grab me and they tell me everything that I could have done better. And I'm just like, can I, can I process this first? Like, can I, can you leave me the fuck alone? I can't even. Yeah. People be people. It's why <laughs> before I, I had a set at, uh, Indian roller a few weeks ago and I went to the bathroom beforehand and one of the girls in the audience was in the bathroom and she was trashed out of her mind. And she looks at me and she's putting her lipstick on and it's smudged like not all over her face, but it do- it doesn't look good <laughs> at all. Uh, and she asks me, she's like, hey, does my lipstick look good? And I said, you don't know me, but I'm an honest person. And she was <laughs> like, oh, it looks bad, doesn't it? And I was like, it you got you got it every like it doesn't look good <laughs> and she's like you must you must be a comedian and i was like yeah that's yep <laughs> you got it and you know how in the bathroom there's like that big ass mirror and <laughs> and so I, I i go to the bathroom right like i go to the bathroom in front of that mirror and she's still, like, talking to me. Like, we're having this conversation, and I'm not even sure. Like, she's just so drunk. And she's, like, right outside of the stall, and I finished using the bathroom. I opened the stall, and she never moved. So I, like, hit her in the head with the door because she was – and we're the only two people in the bathroom. And I know it's small, but, like, you didn't move from out in front of the door. Like, <laughs> I didn't – I didn't fucking understand. So I get out of the stall, and she's like, I'm going to put some of this lipstick on my cheeks so it looks like blush. And she's like, how do you think this looks? And I was like, we're standing in this bathroom with this full-ass fucking, like, the mirror in there is so big. <laughs> I'm like, you could just look in the, look in the And they have two stuff. mirrors. Yeah. They have not just one. They have two. <laughs> fucking mirror. And I'm just like, what the hell? It's fucking, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how people's brains work. I just, uh, yeah, I've been wanting, and I uh, showed this to you the other day, or was it yesterday, but, yeah, I've just been keeping to myself because that's what's best. (laughs) That is what's best. And you know what? I feel like there's, like, different camps of comics. There's, like, loner, lone wolf types. I would say mm-hmm. I say we're we're in that category, um, yeah. and then like the the crew, you know, the people that hang out in like crews of like I don't know twenty deep, you know. Yeah. No, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't at all. I hang out with I hang out with Audrey Scott. She's funny. Um, but her and I are, are polar opposites of each other, like complete polar opposites of each other. Um, but it it works because it's like there's there's a good balance. Uh, <laughs> we we were joking earlier today about sky high and just kind of reminiscing on mics and you know that kind of being. That was one of the first mics I ever went to, and she uh, she did her very first, I think, open mic at at Sky High, and um, she was like, "Rest in peace." I was like, "Yeah, of course." And sip on the concrete, and uh, <laughs> she was like, "We should go to the 18th floor and shoot out all the windows." And I was like, "Stop involving me in your bullshit." <laughs> she was like, "Damn it." <laughs> But no, yeah, it's fun. It's fun having her as a friend. But, um, but like I'm such an introvert, and she has, she's got a. I've the friends that I have have a ton of friends, right? And I have an issue with their friends. <laughs> like 
when you when people introduce me to their other friends, I'm like I don't I don't want to meet them. <laughs> I don't fucking Oh my gosh, I'm so awful. I'm so unpositive right now. But no, so the friends that I do have, uh I I just keep a very small circle of people that I trust and I uh I don't get involved in those those bigger cliques because that just I feel like makes for a lot of room to be I don't want to say unhappy, but I don't I don't like clicky situations. I just uh I like to show up alone, I like to leave alone. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's tough because when you are an I'm like an empath or you know, you feel people's energy, it's tough when you're in a room yeah. full of people and you're yeah. like, I'm I'm absorbing everything in here yeah. <laughs> like I was thinking about that literally yesterday. It's um, it's so exhausting. It's I actually wouldn't wish this on anybody else. Like it's it's so exhausting being that way, uh, and that's exactly what it is. Um, and in a comedy space, there's so many different personalities and so many different energies that can really it really fucks me up sometimes. Um, so there, there's a lot of times where like, I really just have to sit alone. Like I can't even, I can't be with other people. I just got to sit alone. Otherwise, like I, I start to get involved in, in other people's shit and I'll, I'll start to feel all of their shit. And yeah, I am, I'm definitely like that, but I didn't learn that until later in life that there was actually a, a name for it. Yeah, learning to shield is so important. And I've had to learn, like, you know, even though, and it, for me, Demisha, it's been, like, really hard because it's taken me longer because I am an empath and I do, you know, I'm not, like, a social butterfly. But I feel like comedy always figures out, like, when you're in comedy, there's always a way. Like, there's always going to be a route. And the beauty of it is, like, finding the route that works for you. Um, yeah. And I I just can't wait to see, like, a year from now. Because I think I'll be back in Austin to visit. I don't think I can live there again. Um, <laughs> and I just don't. Um, I It's a nice place. It's just um, I think there's another place for me. I just I'll, I'll definitely come down and see you. But I, I can't wait to see and where you're at a year from now. And I just yeah. am so grateful. Uh, and, and may I ask, um, is there, I know you said you have shows coming up in August. Um, a, how can people find you online? And B, how can people see you live? Yeah, um, so I have an Instagram. I post about my shows when I have them. Um, it's underscore Jamisha which is underscore J-E-M-I-S-C-H-A. And you'll find a woman with an afro, and uh, there's that. Um, But, yeah, if you follow me, I post about any shows that I might be doing or any shows that I might be – Sorry, not hosting because I don't host any shows yet, and I accidentally just was about to lie. Um, but I've <laughs> I've uh, gotten to co-host a couple of open mics, and um, I'll post about that too if I ever get to do any co-hosting or hosting of mics. And this is the first time I've tried this um, with a guest, so let me know if. But I want to ask you since since I know your what are do you have any like big goals for the next six months to a year that you want to fulfill in comedy? I really want to host my own show. I want to host and produce my own show with local comedians here in the area. Um, I have a couple of venues in mind, uh, one of which I think we were chatting about 
a couple of days ago um, because my goal is, you know, we look at a lot of lineups here in town and it almost feels like every lineup of people is just a group of people who are all friends with each other. And uh, I want to have lineups that don't, that don't look like that and provide a little bit more diversity inside of them and, you know, just provide, provide Austin with something a little bit more unique. And uh, I don't know, it makes me happy to think about doing something like that and to be able to have lineups of the people who inspire me most uh on show on a show that I would produce. Um so that is the goal for the next three to six months or excuse me, six months to a year. Um yeah, I really just I wanna have a show. It doesn't have to be a big show. I just want a small show. Um and I, I wanna be able to be in a position to where I can pay my comedians as well. Uh I do not want to host a show that does not pay the comedians. Um, not to say that it's a bad thing if comedians don't get paid. Any opportunity, I think, is a great opportunity. Um, but my standard for myself when I produce to, when I produce and host my own show is to be able to pay my comics good money to to do their work because uh, they're they're utilizing their time for me, and I think their time is worth something. That's so beautiful. Um, well, See, I am really <laughs> there's hope for me I'm it's not so all <laughs> I went on a rant about my disgust for people and now now we're back to you know the positive <laughs> I am just um, thank you Janisha I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the goals like unfold before uh, like I guarantee, I'm telling you, a year from now, I just see it for you. I feel yeah. like, I just feel like there's gonna be like something super big for you on the way, and yeah. I'm just really grateful for you. So thank you. Yeah, of course, I feel it too. I feel it too, and I um, yeah, I'm ready to just start hustling and, and really working at this. And I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for you having me um, on your 30 Days of Positivity. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much for being on this episode, and thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to have Tamisha's Instagram tagged in the show notes, and uh, you can find her. Please go see her live. She's in a, She's just a fucking incredible comedian, and... Thank you for being on this episode today, Jamisha. Yes, thank you, Christy. I love you. I miss you. Love you, girl. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.